Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Game Talk Radio. I am your host, Greg, as always. You are the great listeners who make this show possible by, you know, listening. <laughs> and uh, and today we have a couple of stories we want to talk about. I think we have uh, we have three, uh, three stories we're going to be talking about today. I have my pile of pickups for the week, and I have my game of the week, which is essentially, you know, I've been going through my backlog a little bit, talking about my game of the week, but I'm also going to start talking about more, like, games I might be playing at the moment. I did a, uh, two weeks ago with Dragon Warrior 2 because I was really heavy into it, and I think I can give you a better explanation of the game if I'm not just going off my memory from 20 years ago, if it's a game that I just recently played, something that, you know, might be fresh. And so I've got that queued up, and uh, yeah, and it's been it's been an interesting week. <clears throat> a lot of stuff been coming through the store. Uh, you're never gonna believe this, but <laughs> the uh, the the Minnesota game guy, the lot that I had to turn down just about a month or two ago, is back, <laughs> and he he texted me about a week ago. It was a week ago, front. Uh, we could go Friday <clears throat> and I was just heading out of town and it instantly brought back a whole lot of anxiety <laughs> because I was like, not this again, please. <laughs> not this guy, I can't handle this. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and so he's like, Hey, I got another big collection. Would you be interested? And, uh, I was like, maybe what do you got? Because you never know. You never know. And, uh, so he, uh, he sent me some pictures. We worked out like, well, on this amount of stuff that's over this price, we would pay this much on this amount of this price. We'd pay this much and so on and so forth. And so I was like, okay. And, and I looked at all the pictures and it was actually pretty good stuff. Like when I saw the other stuff there, he didn't really show me anything in the last lot, you know? And so when it got here, all the cases were faded and destroyed and crappy dirty all the games were scratched in terrible condition even the games that like weren't scratched in terrible condition they were garbage sports games mega commons you know and so ugh, you know it just wasn't good and so i couldn't believe it that when he texted me again and said he had another collection because i had heard from him last time that he did sell that collection that i turned down a month or two ago and he did uh he did uh sell that to someone some some poor sucker and so he sold that off and then this collection was different and he bought it from someone i think he told me he paid three thousand dollars for everything uh we ended up coming to a deal i ended up paying forty four hundred dollars for everything so he he's in and out you know he makes fourteen hundred dollars count not taking away the gas to drive all the way to green bay from minneapolis uh, so he gets his money though. He's happy. And, uh, we're currently going through all that stuff. So we did make a deal and it came in and it's pretty good stuff. There's a lot of great 10 to 20 to $30 games in there. It's all basically disc based stuff too. You know, it's PS2, PS3, Xbox, Xbox 360. Um, you know, a lot of PS1, like it's mostly disc based stuff, but there's about a thousand games there. Uh, there were some sealed games that were pretty cool, like sealed uh, RPGs for PS2. And there, so there, there's some good stuff. That's all I'm going to say. There, there's pretty good stuff. And um, so uh, so I bought it. And, and I got through one box yesterday. I <laughs> got through one box yesterday. Uh, I have four boxes left, uh, which is about there's 180 games per box. So, you know, do the math. 
720, I think, games left to, to process. Uh, and, you know, all of them need to be a little cleaned up and fixed uh, fix scratches and stuff. And it's like, ah, you know, it's a, it's a lot of work, basically. So put in a lot of hours last week. I actually... He dropped him off Tuesday night, and I had to work Wednesday, Thursday, and then I was taking off for the weekend. Um, and Dave and I both were taking off for the weekend, so we busted our butts, worked a lot of extra hours. I put in, in just the three days I worked that week, I put in 45 hours, so I was supposed to have an extra day off, like a vacation day, and it certainly didn't feel like it. Uh, but it was cool, and so it's good stuff. So there will be a Facebook post when I get everything processed, because we're going to do a big post about, like, we put out a 1,000 games. It's going to be really awesome. Uh, so we're working on that, though. I'd love to have it done by Friday. I just don't see how it's possible unless tomorrow's really slow and I can get through two or three boxes, but I don't really expect that to be a thing. I might stay late and get through a box or two tomorrow night, too. But the, the trouble is not only do I want to enter it in the inventory and clean them, but I also have to essentially figure out what they're worth because when you buy a collection this big, when you buy a 1,000 games nobody's going through all that to see like, like, and I don't need to do this because I know I made a good deal. I just want to know exactly how good of a deal. So I like to take everything after I've added it to the inventory. I like to add it all up so that I can see how well it's going to do. Like I, I want to know the profit I made on it. And, and right now, if I had to guess, it's looking like I'm going to double up on my, on my investment, which I'm, I'm very cool with. Uh, um, that, that'd be, uh, a good situation. I'm hoping to, uh, cause I paid 4,400. I'm hoping to pull 10 grand out of this collection. That would make my day, but I think we're going to get to about eight, 85, nine, somewhere around there. So if we double up though, that's I, in my opinion, that's pretty good. And it's a whole bunch of good products. And it's that day, everyday stuff, you know, as much as I love buying two, three, five, six, seven hundred dollar games, I just as much love buying the 10 to 15 to $20 games because they sell faster and because they're they're like the everyday stuff, they're they're the everyday the the every gamer games, and so, um, pretty good. I'm I'm pretty happy with that collection actually, and um, so yeah, we'll have to see you know how it all comes out, and I'll give you an update when I get through everything. But as of right now, it's looking pretty good. It's looking pretty good. Um, all right, so let's get to some stories here because we got three of them, and one of them's gonna be longer, one's gonna be a little shorter. And I think the last one's going to be a little shorter as well. But the the, the first one, um, let's let's cue it up here, and we'll we'll knock it out of the park. So first up on the podcast today, we're going to be talking about boobs. <laughs> so do I have your attention? <laughs> I hope so, because we're talking about breasts. Uh, we're talking about Tifa Lockhart's breasts in the remake of Final Fantasy VII. So this isn't a thing. I get. I don't know. I don't even know where to begin with this because. I saw the trailer for Final Fantasy VII, the remake. I think it looks awesome. I'm excited for it. I'm a huge fan of the original. But after watching that trailer, my first reaction was not, oh, my God, look at how small her breasts are. <laughs> like, what? I don't understand the people that go there right away. You know, and, and I know there can be something to be said for we want the character models to be accurately remade. We don't want huge changes made. You know, I've I personally have... I remember when Infamous 2 was coming out and they made Cole look like Nathan Drake. And I was like, no, this is not Cole, man. Change him back to the way he was. So, like, there is something to be said there. However, when you're remaking a game from 1997 and uh, and and from the earliest of 3D, uh, you know, modeling character graphics, it, it things are going to change a little bit when you update them. <laughs> so, you know, so anyway, th this was... 
you know, I guess it was after E3, I guess there was a hubbub. I, I didn't remember hearing it. And, and I think that might be part of the problem, though, too, is that I guarantee and I totally know there's a subset of people out there that would complain about this. Right. And so you have that. But I think what happens is someone sees a small fraction of that and they s just put a massive spotlight on it. And so it makes this little group of people feel like a huge group of people. And I don't think they are. I just think that you're you're magnifying their voice by trying to call them out when people like this should really just just like let them talk like that and then just move on because, you know, whatever. And and I, I follow a lot of game stuff, obviously, on Twitter, and I don't see this sort of stuff. And I see I see more people complaining about seeing it than I see actually seeing it. You know, so I wonder if we're magnifying it accidentally you know by just trying to be because we're irritated by it, you know people are frustrated that that they have to read somebody say that you know even though they could just block that person i guess but anyway i digress now there's more to the story though than just the the possible shrinking of tifa's breasts uh because there were a lot of articles that came out uh because last wednesday a fumitsu article came out where they actually interviewed uh nomura uh, who is working on the Final Fantasy VII remake. Uh, and so they interviewed, though, and, and in that interview, there was some weird translation that people took the translation and then kind of made their own understanding of that translation. So there was also stuff lost there, so we're going to get into that. But first, you had articles popping up like this. Now, this is on the Daily Dot, and Polygon had the same sort of article, same sort of thing going on. And basically... Uh, I'm going to run through this story. This is uh, the Daily Dot. Um, game development company Square Enix has released a statement concerning the updated breast size of Tifa Lockhart from the game Final Fantasy VII Remake. On June 10th during E3, a trailer was released showing off more of Final Fantasy VII Remake. The trailer happened to include the first footage of Tifa Lockhart's new character design, and immediately after the release, fans who weren't happy with the change stormed online to whine. Um... Yeah, I guess that's not inaccurate. It's just, were there really that many? I I doubt it. <laughs> Their biggest complaint was the apparent reduction of Tifa's breast size. Um, so then here's just like people, you know, uh, sharing the different tweets and articles that they saw about people complaining about it. This one in particular is pretty funny, though. Um, in Final Fantasy VII, Cloud Strife had very large hands, easily a glove size of 3XL. In the remake, his hands are distinctly normal-sized. Disappointed to see Square Enix bending to the agenda of those who would censor Cloud's juicy knob turners. <laughs> A loss for gamers everywhere. <laughs> oh, that's crude, but it's kind of funny. Um, so basically, you know, they're making fun because saying that Cloud's hands are disproportionate to his new character model. And they're accurate. I mean, that that's that's the whole point, right? It seems silly to, uh, to compare the two. Um, and then Polygon had something similar. Uh, they even note that it's a silly controversy surrounding changes. Is it even a controversy? I don't think so. I, I think it's just, you know, I think it's just some people complaining about something that who cares. Um, obviously, in the past, we've had stuff like Mortal Kombat 11, uh, where people are complaining that uh, characters weren't showing enough skin and stuff like that. I don't I don't know how to say other than that stuff. The people who feel that way, I guess, are allowed to feel that way. I just think it's silly uh, to complain and to worry about something like that. Like, who cares about her character model. And and when I look at this, who cares about her character model looking like the old one, I should say. I care what her character model looks like as long as it looks good. And I look at this, and this is the updated character model. And what this really reminds me of more than anything, and I think this is the perfect example, is this reminds me of uh, the, the newest Tomb Raider games that they've been making. Uh, the remake of Tomb Raider in 2013. Awesome game. 
And Laura Croft in that game, they made look much more proportioned and realistic to a real woman. If you look at Laura Croft in Tomb Raider 1, it's ridiculous. It's like it's a pointy shelf of her breasts are, are just a pointy, sharp edge. It makes it stupid, but it was this huge thing. And that was a point of selling that game back then. Even so much, if you don't remember this, if you're not old enough to remember how ridiculous this was back then, there was, there were video game swimsuit issues starring Laura Croft, where they had a 3d character model of Laura Croft in a bikini. And like, it's just, we, it was weird. Okay. It was weird, but we lived through that time. And when they redid the Tomb Raider remake, they made her look much more natural. And, and so to me, when I look at Tifa now, I see an actual natural woman. And, and so to me, that makes more sense to me. And I know not everyone's the same, right? And I'm not going to try to like say my way is right, but I'm saying that to me, that's very beautiful. In fact, like I remember when I first played Tomb Raider 2013, I remember just like Laura Croft in that game. It's a, that she's very beautiful. And then again, I know it's weird to say we're talking about a computer, <laughs> an art piece, uh, a computer generated, uh, or not computer generated, an artist created a computer game model. But, it, you know, she was, she was very beautiful. And it had nothing to do with, and there was, there was a huge reduction in the size of her breast compared to the original character. Um, but it made it her, I think the natural beauty of it, like looking more like a real woman was more appealing than looking like, you know, very, very, you know, exaggerated features that, that to me just aren't as appealing. And again, not saying the people aren't out there. There are people who just love humongous fake breasts, and that's totally cool. I'm not uh, going to say anything bad about that. I'm just saying I think that the natural look is much more beautiful. And so I, I, I don't understand the complaint, I guess, in general. I have a hard time with it, but I get it. If people want to complain, it's fine. I think oftentimes not to even come close to comparing the two, but it's like when there's a criminal who cre who who performs a criminal act we shouldn't bring that criminal's name into the spotlight so much right we try to get away from that because we don't want people that follow that person to do the same thing because they want the notoriety they want their voices heard and so i think we just need to not shine the spotlight on really annoying people like that um however um, now, this Polygon article goes a little further, and this this is something that we've been hearing rumblings of. There are some PS4 games that have been coming out that have been censored differently than on other systems, including even on the Switch. So Nintendo isn't as censoring as Sony is with some of these Japanese games when they come over. And so uh, the, the Polygon article goes on to state, well, there's an ongoing conversation happening around Japanese games, with some fearing that titles are getting censored in America, especially after a report claimed that Sony was tightening up its rules about sexual content in the West. Uh, and and uh, so curiously, the translation floating around right now mentions that an ethics department determined that restricting Tifa's chest was done to make sure that she didn't look unnatural during fight sequences. Without context, this probably sounds absurd. There's a section of Square Enix that determines <laughs> what breasts should look like. A representative from Square Enix clarified to Polygon that the department exists to help ensure games follow certain standards. In the Square Enix Japan studios, the ethics department is actually a group within the company that evaluates game content to make sure that it's aligned with the anticipated age rating standard across the globe, which is either Ciro, ESRB, Peggy, etc., the representative said. Quote, in this case, we want a new generation of gamers to experience Final Fantasy VII Remake and are working very closely with the company's internal experts to make sure 
all of the game's content is appropriate. It's unclear whether or not Tifa's breasts could have truly tipped the scales when it comes to the game's rating. Come on, Polygon. That's boo. That's, that's really bad. Um, the ESRB rating for the re-release of the original Final Fantasy VII says that it's T for teen thanks to the inclusion of blood, fantasy violence, language, and mild suggestive themes. The ESRB website notes, quote, during the course of a game, a goddess-like character is dressed in a low-cut top that displays moderate amounts of cleavage, end quote. <laughs> so that's how they're rating the original Final Fantasy VII. Um, and uh, the article goes on to say, Tifa isn't the only one changing in the remake, that the, every character has a number of tweaks and flourishes. And that's 100% right. I mean, every character has been updated. And this game isn't without controversy. Like, there was a lot of people having issue with the uh, Mr. T uh, gruff African-American voice uh, persona given to um, Barrett, you know? And, and it's like, well, <laughs> it's not like a character like that is saying that Square thinks all black people are like that. Is just saying that this character is like that. I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't understand the problem with that. But anyway, it's not the first bit of controversy around this game, and so I think it just shows when you have so many people that love a game, there's a lot of opinions flying back and forth out there, and and most of them aren't probably worth listening to. <laughs> a lot of people just don't understand how things work, and that's not even the end of it, though, folks, because we actually have a Kotaku article here that it was actually released last Friday, Brian Ashcroft, and he went on to say that uh, there was a YouTuber called Gaijin Hunter. Check him out on YouTube. Uh, like 200,000 subscribers. Pretty pretty big deal. Does a lot of Monster Hunter videos. Pretty good content. Um, actually said uh, that that YouTuber went out to basically point out that there was quite the mistranslation and that people were kind of blowing it out of proportion. So... Um, mistranslations of the interview have created misinformation with some sites reporting that Square Enix changed Tifa's breasts or even shrunk the size of the character's chest. The Japanese language summaries that leaked online didn't have the full exchange, so they lacked the necessary context. Without that context, it's possible to see how much more was inferred and ultimately misunderstood. So here is uh, Gaijin Hunter's translation, and he works as a Japanese game producer. Um, okay, so Fumitsu, uh, Fumitsu, but the clothing was also refined. Nomura, this time, visually there were things that were made quite real, and real-world clothing and accessories are being used as design references. For example, we're referencing military wear for Tifa suspenders and martial arts and biker wear for the gloves. The full-body silhouette hasn't changed from the original image, and from that part we've aimed to increase the minute details. Famitsu goes on to ask, since Tifa's chest is large, were there any was there any consideration also given to how the rendering was done, to which Nomura replies, first of all, since we wanted Tifa to have defined abs, we made her more athletic looking. And then there were also directions from our internal ethics committee that as not to make even the most intense action look unnatural, it was necessary to bind Tifa's chest. And thus, for her simple upper body clothing, we put a black undergarment with a fitting tank top for a fitness conscious sporty design. So when you say something like that, you go, okay, so they're not saying that they made them smaller even. What they're saying is that they restricted them, something like a sports bra, something that is more in line with the design of what this character would be wearing. 
And so it makes total sense to me. I think the thing that really got people riled up or initially upset was the fact that he he comments about, and it's a little unnerving at first, and makes a little comment about there being an ethics committee, an internal ethics committee that as not to make even the most intense action look unnatural, it was necessary to bind Tiva's chest. So that's what they were talking about with the word like restrict. Um, so they show it down here. They kind of show this. Uh, writing refers to constricting, squeezing, or pulling things tight. I translated the word best in English to binding. There is no mention of reduction or shrinking or even redesigning the character because Nomura didn't say that. And so that's kind of the last piece of this puzzle that's so weird is that, you know, this someone Famitsu came out, someone translated, and then that translation was just someone's interpretation of certain wordage. People took that translation and ran with it. They didn't try to get their own translation. They didn't ask for clarification. Once everything's out there, it makes a lot more sense. And, I mean, besides the fact that I do believe this argument's completely silly, it didn't even happen anyway. <laughs> so people are upset about something. And what I find really interesting about this is the people complaining are are trying to find like, uh, let's see if I can bring this up here, are trying to find the most smallest pictures they can. You know, like they're arguing here that look at how small they are. And I'm like, that isn't small. I don't, as someone who uh, appreciates and enjoys breasts, I consider myself a breast connoisseur. Uh, I like them. <laughs> this this is not small. I don't I don't understand. I don't understand the people who would think that where they're coming from. I think it's probably more something like they have this ridiculous expectation, this weird uh, misunderstanding of how female anatomy works. And I feel really sorry for people like that. Um, you know. And then I I don't know. Like <laughs> it's just. I don't know. It looks good to me. I don't I don't know. It looks natural and it still looks like that is a defined feature of the character. They didn't take anything away. So I don't I don't know. I don't know what the problem is. And it's funny because uh, th I think this was the one that had the picture. So, yeah, so this is this is the original Final Fantasy seven. This is a cutscene, And I can't really zoom in any further on this. But uh, I mean, they don't it's not like in the original. You know, this isn't like a Laura Croft situation even where they're crazy ridiculous. Like, they look normal. <laughs> I don't even know where they're getting this thought of her just being crazy. And now if you do one quick search, because I did it, do a Google search, right? Tifa, Final Fantasy VII breasts or boobs, if you prefer that term, if you're a caveman and prefer that term. Um, <laughs> and... Look that up and look at all the cosplayers out there and look at all this stuff. So there there has been a changing from the original. But if you look at the original, original concept art, it's it looks so similar to the remake's model. So I don't know where they're coming from with this anything's been reduced and censored. It's ridiculous. It's so stupid. What a, What a thing to waste time on. But it just seems like everybody has some problem with this game. You know, like no one I don't think is ever going to be 100% happy, but... The vocal minority is came out, and then a bunch of people who were offended by that vocal minority shone a huge spotlight on it. And so then we had this huge spotlight on a minor stupid issue that should just went away, and now it's blown up into something else. So much so that we had to get corrections from the games producer. What do you think he thinks, right, when he hears this? And he, he just looks around at his team and like, we're working like 
all this time and working hard to bring people's dreams back and people are complaining about this. But some people just want to complain. And I guess that's how it is. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no no more no more boob talk, okay? So if I've offended you and if you had to mute the podcast because uh, my my breast talk was upsetting to you, I apologize. Um, not really. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, <laughs> I just... You know what I mean? Can I just say, like, is that you? I hope everyone here is with me. I I don't know what else to say about it. I don't understand. I don't understand why we focus and put a spotlight on these nobodies. So, for instance, you see this a lot on Twitter too. Big Twitter celebrity, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand Twitter followers, will post a screenshot. Someone saying, "You don't know anything. You're stupid and dumb and." blah, 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 and lots of expletives and really rude stuff. Really rude stuff. Not saying it's not rude stuff. Really rude stuff. They retweet that and say, like, use that as an example to be like, you can't tell me what to do, uh, blah, blah, blah. And then you look at it, and the person who said it has, like, two followers, and they made their account a week ago. So why would you even – first of all, how are you seeing that? You have you, you have 200,000 followers, people tagging you all the time. You know, how do you see that without going to look for it? First of all, and second of all, why do you care? It's some nobody. It's like it's not like someone with any clout came up to you and said the same thing, and then you had to get in an argument with them and prove yourself. Like it's just some nobody who created an account just to trash you. I don't, ah, you know. And I understand like haters gonna hate. You gotta learn to ignore. You just gotta do it. All right. So next up on the podcast today, we're gonna talk about. NBA 2K19, which is about to be replaced in September, they'll do NBA 2K20. Uh, but this was an interesting article because the uh, the game now has, and I'm going to show a little video here. The game now has uh, not totally unskippable, but has added commercials and ads to the loading screen. So let's check this out. So this is just an idea of what it looks like here. You know, it's, you know, this is your, oh, it's, you know, you select your team, you know, whatever. This is NBA. The game starts loading and boom, here's a commercial for an FX show. Now, if the game's loading, like if you look in the lower right corner, I think that's the loading percentage, right? So it's at 55%. I mean, you can't play anyway. So if you're going to be looking at a blank screen, is that, you know, is it, is this any worse than that? I don't know. Um, and then I think once it hits 100% and that first commercial ends, I believe you can skip it. Because it says game loaded here. And then the commercials... Okay, so yeah, you have to wait till the end of the first commercial. You could start it there or you can wait and it will keep playing some more commercials. So he skipped it there. So that's all I want to show you. So now normally in, in a lot of different situations, I would be like, that's not a big deal. But there's two things that bothered me about this, which made me actually think about why I had to talk about it. Was because one... It's in a full price $60 game. Not that the game is $60 right now. Okay, I understand it's not. In fact, it went on sale, which is my second point. I'll talk about that in a second. But my issue with it is more that this was originally a $60 full release game. They, they're they making their money off of the game. Now we have an additional source of revenue. And again, it's it just feels obnoxious. It feels out of place to me. You know, I just, I don't like it. I never liked to when certain games would put in like fast food restaurants that you know that are real because it just kind of pulls you out. I don't know. It pulls me out anyway of the immersion of that world because it pulls me back to my world. You know, again, anyway, I know we're all a little different when it comes to that stuff, but that's just what I've always felt. 
Um, so the other point though, because this is the sort of thing you would normally see in like a free to play game. Like if there was a free to play basketball game, you know, you didn't take any, they didn't pay any money, but you could pay money for alternate, you know, Jersey styles and, you know, but then between every game, the beginning of every game, you had to watch like two or three minutes of commercials. That makes sense to me. That's that like that, that makes sense to me. This, however, doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> this is it, it just I don't like it in a full price game. Anyway, moving on from that to the second point. The game recently went on sale a lot of places for three dollars, up to ninety-five percent off right before they implemented this. <laughs> so um, you know, I don't understand if you're gonna implement this, you put the game on sale, get a, a bunch of people to last minute purchase your game, because obviously the new one's coming out. They wanna they don't want their sales to completely fall off. Lowering the price of the game totally makes sense. That's a smart business move. But then you do it right before adding something like this. It just seems a little, you know, seems a little well-timed on their part, but, you know, a little more manipulative as well. So not a whole lot else to the story, except that it just, I don't know, it just feels off to me. I, I don't like ads in games anyway. It reminds me of Hulu as well, and I don't know if this would be the same thing, but in, in Hulu... I tried it with the no commercials for like, I think Jenny and I made it a day and we started watching stuff. and like, this is unwatchable because it was playing the same commercial three times in a row. And then the same commercial, every time there was a commercial break. And then that same commercial, sometimes two times in a row. And you're like, what the hell is this? How can you not give me any other options <laughs> besides this? And so we hated it. We switched to commercial free. So if there was an option where you can get NBA 2k for 20 bucks, and then if you pay $40 for like a season pass and it takes out ads, like that makes sense to me. You know, I still don't like it, but at least that makes sense. I wouldn't do it, but that makes sense. You're giving people the option here. It's just like, now nah, we're just throwing it in for people that already paid the game, already supported us, bought countless amounts of whoever many coins and stuff like that. Those people, it changed for them, you know? And so that, that kind of bugs me too. Like this wasn't something that you know, this would almost be something that's advertised or told on the box. Like this game contains ads, you know, it just, it just, you know, I'd like to see stuff like that. And also it'd be different if there was any competition in the market. Cause I know one of the arguments you can always say is, well, don't play it. If you don't like it, don't play it. And that's fair. I think that's fair, but you can't just say, don't play it when there's no other reasonably decent basketball game out there. And so, yeah, you could say, I don't like microtransactions. Don't like loot boxes. I want to get rid of it. I want to, but I can't, then I can't play a basketball game. <laughs> and that just seems kind of unfair, you know? And realistically, if we all did that and we all stopped playing, they would receive the message. They would change things, right? Uh, or like some companies, they would double down to try to squeeze more money out of the people that are left and thus drive them all away and be gone forever. But uh, full price games, it's the same thing with, with even with the microtransaction. I mean, I, I have an issue with the, the card system that, that, this uses are the coins or whatever. And then Madden uses cards and FIFA. Like I have an issue with that because it's, it is a full price game that they release annually. Okay. A game with minor tweaks that they update annually, release a full $60 version every single year, but still need to monetize on top of that. You know, it just always has felt like they've been taking advantage. And, and again, I'm not here to complain about the, the gambling and all that sort of stuff. I don't, I don't see that as the issue. The issue here is, to me, you know, we're used to paying full price for a game that didn't have these gimmicks, and now they're starting to slide these gimmicks into our full price games after we've purchased them. 
All right. And then this is kind of a connected story. So I'll probably just roll right into this. Um, but it's about EA. So let me just uh, let me light this up and we will uh, we'll get going. So then lastly, on the podcast today, <laughs> we're, we're talking about EA and loot boxes again. Why not? And uh, how they've come up with a new phrase, a new a new brand of marketing. I like this. I like this a lot. This is this is my this is my wheelhouse. I love marketing. I love I love all stuff. They're not loot boxes. They're surprise mechanics. And they're ethical and fun. People like surprises, according to EA. <laughs> so the article, this is on Polygon. A senior executive at Electronic Arts told the United Kingdom's Parliament that the company prefers to call loot boxes quote-unquote surprise mechanics and argued that their use in EA games is quote quite ethical and quite fun and enjoyable to people, end quote. Appearing before a House of Commons committee on Wednesday, Carrie Hopkins, vice president of legal and government affairs at EA, responded to a number of parliament excuse me, a member of parliament who had asked if the publisher had any, quote, ethical qualms, end quote, about loot boxes. Their use in 2017 Star Wars Battlefront 2 kicked off a huge controversy that drew scrutiny from several governments, including those in the United States and Europe. Loot boxes in the form of ultimate team packs are also a major source of revenue for EA's FIFA franchise. Hopkins compared loot boxes to other products. Kinder Eggs, a chocolate people... A chocolate treat, a chocolate people treat, a chocolate treat with a toy in the center and Hatchimals, a blind box style toy hidden inside an egg. People like surprises, she said, but the comparison to Kinder Eggs was quite ironic given that the chocolate eggs were banned in the U.S. until recently over concerns that the prizes were choking hazards. In fact, the only reason Kinder Eggs are allowed back in the States now is the toy is like separate from the egg. It's not inside the egg yet. It's, it's weird. We do think that we've implemented these kind of mechanics is quite ethical and quite fun, she said. They aren't gambling, and we disagree that there's evidence that shows they lead to gambling. End quote. The British Parliament is investigating loot boxes over concern that they constitute gambling and the potential harm that could cause to children, citing anecdotal evidence and research that call loot boxes addictive. Uh, loot boxes, microtransactions, and paid-win mechanisms have come under mainstream scrutiny over the past year. Ability to regulate them died in Hawaii's legislature, but a Republican senator recently introduced a bill with bipartisan support that would prohibit loot boxes in games marketed to or played by children. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Um, so, f oh boy, okay. So first, to, <laughs> this is more funny than anything because it's a rebranding. You're trying to change the message, right? Because right now loot boxes is a negative term if you say anything about loot, you could have like the best game in the world and if you said hey we're gonna put in free loot boxes people be like oh there's loot boxes like it's got such a negative connotation right now it doesn't matter what you'd say about loot boxes tagging loot boxes to any product is a bad thing right now okay no problem fair enough <laughs> so it's bad okay <laughs> uh, so so they're rebranding it it's they're surprise mechanics. <laughs> it's it's funny to me because it's 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 so out there. Um, but again, there's a lot of people that aren't in the know and aren't super involved in this sort of stuff. So they would look at that and say, oh, oh, surprise mechanics. That sounds fun. That sounds fun. I'll bet you they paid a bunch of money to focus groups too to see what terms would be best received. And surprise mechanics was probably the best one. They, I guarantee EA internal paid a whole bunch of money to figure out what words would be least offensive that they could call loot boxes. 
Um, now, it, let's talk about the rest of it. Quite ethical and quite fun. Opening loot boxes is quite obviously fun, or it wouldn't work. Um, it's why blind boxes work. Uh, there, you can get blind boxes of Zelda toys, Mario Kart keychains, Mario figures. I used to carry my store for a little bit. I just find the idea of blind boxes appalling, so I stopped carrying them, even though they sold a ton. Like I should just keep selling them because they work. But I just, you know, I've seen people buy like ten in a row trying to get the one figure they want and not get it. Um, so it's fun though opening these things. The surprise is fun. They're not wrong about that. That's not a lie or anything. Um, and so we have this sort of, I don't know, it's this, this rebranding going on where they're trying to, I would say they're trying to change the message, I guess is the best way to say it. They're trying to turn a negative into a positive by changing the name. Now, uh, EA Games argues that surprise mechanics are quite ethical. I, I can't see how they're not ethical. Uh, if they're preying on children, I think you could argue they're unethical. I would never say that loot boxes were unethical. Uh, my issue with them never came from me feeling anything to do about ethics. I just don't like how they're, uh, I feel like they're um, manipulative in the sense of, you know, playing off uh, people's want for better things. Now, most games that do loot boxes do it pretty well. Rocket League, it's all cosmetic, you know, but I've seen people spend hundreds of dollars on loot boxes because they want a certain skin for a car. What I'd rather have is a store where I can buy these things. I can customize my car any way I want. I'll pay you real money to do that. I just don't like the, well, the surprise mechanic of it. I don't like that because I, I don't want to open 10 crates and get the same skin four times and then have to trade it to other people for keys to open other crates to maybe get something else. And so, and I don't know if they've changed that, but that's how Rocket League used to be. You get doubles all the time. It was obnoxious. Um, I don't know if that's the same way anymore. I thought they heard they might have changed that. Uh, but in any case, um, so I don't think they're, what they're really saying is anything wrong here. Um, but I think it is fair to say that they have to understand that Madden and FIFA especially are being played by a lot of younger people all around the world. And so if you're going to have mechanics that could be s considered or even close to something like gambling, that's something that you have to be careful of. Maybe it's something you can only activate if you can put a credit card in and verify you're over 18 or something. You know, so I understand that. Although, again, I've said this like every time I talk about this, I hate the argument that we're hiding behind the kids. I really, really hate it. You know, if you don't like loot boxes because you think they're obnoxious, don't say you hate them because you're worried about kids getting hooked on gambling because that's not really your concern. Your concern is just that you don't like them. And just be honest about it. And that makes for a better argument when you're actually coming from the heart as opposed to trying to hide behind a, a, a kid shield. Um, but I thought it was funny that this is you know, this was actually brought in front of a House Commons Committee in the UK. It's like the government's having committees on this. EA went. Um, and then there was even, uh, there was another one. Was it Was it this one? There was a, the other one. I must have closed it out. There was another one, though, where they talked about the person from Rockstar. <laughs> and the Rockstar person didn't have any, uh, any, any like, great one-liners, like surprise mechanics, but was basically put in their place by one of the committee members who said, basically on everything you've said here, none of this makes me think you at all care about what we're talking about. <laughs> so it was just really like, like blunt and to the point. It was kind of awesome. All right. So that's it for news stories for the day. So we've got our game of the week, which we're going to talk about. And I don't have my music queued up because you know, if this got, if this got too good, you guys would probably stop listening, you know, 
if, if if this was too professional, you wouldn't like it. So I have to make these. Uh, I have to make the show kind of mediocre, I guess, <laughs> so that uh, you know I don't want you to leave because it's you know I don't want you thinking old Greggy here sold out on you, and uh, and became too too big for his britches and now he's all high tech. I know you don't think that. I'm just trying to burn time and say something as I dig for my my music files, which I can never ever 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 find. Did I put them on the desktop? Was I smart last time and put them on the desktop? I was not. Okay. Um, so I'll tell you what. Um, I might just have to pick one of these other ones. I don't know what these are. Well, let's let's give it a go. Let's see what these are. Cause I had I had these other ones I really like. Don't be too loud. Oh, this is like a electronic mix. I don't think that's that's fun to listen to. I don't think that's gonna be fun to. I don't think that's gonna be fun to. Uh, that's not very fun either. It's kind of. Oh, that's the one I listen to when I'm doing my other stuff videos. Oh boy. Okay, this is this is terribly mediocre on my part. But hey, we're running short anyway, so might as well just uh, do this. <laughs> Come on, where's my music? I know. Okay, here we go. I knew it was here. All right. Um, let's see. Laser Groove and Jerry Five, I think, are the two. I think Jerry Five is the one. No, that's not the one. <laughs> that's not the one either. Where is it here? I had one that was... Uh... Oh my god, where are the good ones? Ooh, that's the one I used for the background of my commercial on <laughs> on the radio. <laughs> Ugh, geez, that's that's you know, it's too early in the morning for this kind of high strung stuff. This is what I was looking for. Okay. That's going on the desktop. <laughs> Put these up here and put this one way down here. <laughs> okay, this is the one. In fact, I'm gonna name it uh, Game Pickups of the Week. <laughs> Look at that. Okay, I'm done messing around here. <clears throat> so, uh, our Pickups of the Week. It is a stack again. <laughs> it always is, but it's a, it is a fat stack today. So, let me. Uh, let me get over Ugh, that's how heavy it is my hand just hurt when i was picking it up okay so first up this is a weird one not really but it's weird to me we have captain america for ps3 we had not had this game in the store in like five years um it's a it's a mediocre game but it's the only captain america game they've made in a while and it's okay it's published by sega um it's not it's not bad. It's not great, but it's not bad. And and I'm I'm into the superhero stuff obviously, so I had to get that. So boom, Captain America for PS3 I picked up this week. Um this just came in the mail yesterday. I got my physical copy of Grim Fandango for PS4. They did a remastered version of that. Very happy about that. That's a really fun old point and click adventure game from LucasArts. I picked up a Master System game, the original Double Dragon on Master System. Uh, it's two-player, 
at the same time, unlike the NES version, but it runs like ass in two player. So one player though is pretty good. Uh, really, really nice actually. So I picked that up for the collection. I used to play it as a kid at a neighbor's house. So I had to get it. Um, also for PS4, I got this weird indie game called Necrosphere. I really don't know much about it, but it's got like 8-bit graphics and and it's a physical game, so I bought it because, you know, what the hell? Because <laughs> I'm dumb. <laughs> um, okay, so next up, so this this was a big deal. So uh, someone came in the store trade in their RPG collection for PS2, and I'm always, always looking for PS2 RPGs. These is actually what I was collecting before I opened the store. When I opened the store, I had to sell all my games, so that sucked. Um, however, now I'm slowly getting them all back. So to begin, um, in no particular order, I got Shining Tears. It's a continuation of the Shining series from Sega. It's on PS2. It's pretty good. And I want to say this is two-player also. Yeah, it's two-player, which doesn't happen a lot in RPGs. That's pretty cool. Um, I got a used copy of Artanelico 2, which is another RPG by, published by Namco Bandai. Then this one. This is a big one. These also by Namco. Uh, I got the Xenosaga Trilogy. It's a 1, 2, and 3. And the third one's up to like 70 bucks now, because why not? But uh, picked up Xenosaga 1, 2, and 3. They were, for some reason, I didn't have them. I don't know why, because we've had Xenosaga 1 and 2 come through the store enough. But I'm just on a really big RPG kick right now. Mostly because, uh, well, I've been playing Dragon Warrior 2. And it's like reviving my love of like Japanese RPGs and finding like what I love about them. And so I'm going nuts. Um, so... Uh, next up then we had Wild Arms Ultra Code F. Wild Arms Ultra Code F is a PS2 game as well, but it's a remake or a reimagining of the original Wild Arms on PS1, which is one of my favorite RPGs. And so it's kind of redrawn, redone. Very nice. Two discs. Um, one's a bonus anime Wild Arms DVD disc, but very cool. Ultra Code F. Very cool. Then I finally picked up Digital Devil Saga 2. So I have the first Digital Devil Saga and it comes in a box to hold the second game for when it was coming out. Um, and I finally got a copy of the second one. So Digital Devil Saga 2, that's part of like the Shin Megami series. So it came out after Nocturne on PS2. Very good game, very dark. Like that to me is the epitome of the Shin Megami. My favorite games were Nocturne, Digital Devil Saga, um, even more so than Persona. I think they're better RPGs personally, but that's just my personal opinion. And then lastly in the pickup pile, Shining Wind is a Japanese import on PS2. It's actually one of the sequels to the Shining games that we never got here. A sequel to Shining Tears we never saw in the States. So that is my pile of pickups. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 games we, uh, we picked up in the last week. Uh, and it never gets any easier. It never gets any shorter. The pile never gets any smaller. I don't know what I'm doing. 12, 12 games a week puts me in bringing home 500, over 500 games a year. <laughs> That's 600 games a year if I bring home this many games every week. Um, I might have a problem. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, moving on from that. Oops, what did I do here? I hate when I... I clicked something in my mouse. There it is. Okay. Um, oh, 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 oh. What's this one? All right. This is our Game of the Week music. That's not too bad. That ain't too shabby. Okay. I'm also calling that Game of the Week. <laughs> so those two are on the desktop. I will not be this bad next time. <laughs> so thanks for sticking around. So my Game of the Week this week, I'm going to talk about Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. 
This is the uh, this is the game I kickstarted like four years ago or three years ago. It's the newest game by Koji Igarashi from Castlevania fame. Uh, most notably, most recently were the DS ones. He worked super hard on those. They were great. And then uh, obviously Symphony of the Night, one of the best all time. It, uh, like I often talk about how Symphony of the Night, people ask a lot at the store, like, you know, what's your all time favorite game? And I'm like, well, um, I don't really have an all time favorite game. Or if I had to choose one, it's really difficult because I love a lot of games. But if, if I had to, gun to my head, had to choose my favorite game of all time, I would probably choose Castlevania Symphony of the Night. It's the one game I can always go back to. Every time I play it, it feels fresh and different. There's so much to it, so much to do, randomness, secrets. You feel like a badass. You Then you get whooped down, and then you feel like a badass again, and you get abilities. It's just all good, man. It's just all good. Love that game. Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. If that game, if Bloodstained had pixel graphics like Symphony of the Night did, I would consider it better than Symphony of the Night. I would actually say it, I think. Um, it, it's just, I, the look is what holds me back and it doesn't affect the gameplay. The gameplay's awesome. The game's great. It's just not my favorite art style. And so if the art style were 32 bit quality sprites, I think that game would be my favorite game. It could be one of my favorite games of all time. Now I'm still playing through it. Um, there's multiple characters to play as multiple endings, multiple seek tons of secrets, tons of items, these shards, you level up shards, you level up familiars. Like there's so much stuff to do. It feels like the true sequel to like Order of Ecclesia. And 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 so like we finally got this. And I, I'll tell you when I played the, the backer demo that I played like a year ago, I put the video up on drop rate. I don't think I did not love it. It was okay, but I was having issues with the animations feeling a little sloppy and the graphics look kind of bad and and I didn't I didn't love it. Uh, it's fair to say I love it now. I mean there's definitely some irritating points. There's boss fights that I that are really frustrating. There is some very, uh, they don't do the best job of telling you. There's a pretty monumental spot in the game where you can't go anywhere. You need to get a new ability or you can't need to get something. And they don't really tell you how to do that. Um, I figured it out <laughs> because I was just I fumbling around for like an hour or two running everywhere, doing everything over again. But uh, so it did teach me um, that... Uh, you know that i now have to talk to all npcs all the time in case i'm stuck but you know which is something that's usually a pretty good strategy anyway but this npc was out of the town npc but i got to figure it out no big deal um and it, it's really good it's really really fun it's it's the the music is um next level i'm talking this this music is like symphony of the night level like amazing castlevania level music and it's better than that. It's updated. It's it's dynamite, and every everything is just great. In fact, I I, I almost sometimes think it's Castlevania Symphony of the Night music. It's that close. Like they, they just got that uh, they got that far with it. And so it's audio, ten out of ten. Controls, gameplay, eight nine out of ten. It's super sharp. It's up there. Um, some of the enemies irritate me with like their movement patterns because like there's literally no way to hit them with certain weapons. Um, but it's fine. Uh, and then, uh, there's the new abilities. Cause you know, in all these type of games, you get some sort of upgrade. No, yeah, you have your standard double jump. Um, now I have an ability that like I can, you know, I just got the ability where, uh, I can bounce through mirrors and like go to areas. I couldn't like teleport sort of thing. Super cool. Super, super cool. Uh, and, and just, it's just great. Um, the, the only, like I said, the only thing I, I have to give it like a ding on, and this isn't that it makes the game worse. It just, I would say I don't like the graphical style. It's 3d character models on a 2d plane. 
and they've got this weird kind of cell shading look to it which the the models look good and the backgrounds look good but something about it just they bounce off each other a little bit like they, they jump off the page of each other a little bit not in a good way if that makes any sense but check it out it just came out tuesday bloodstained ritual of the night it's like 40 bucks physical on amazon i think it's on sale right now for like 32 dollars went on sale like the first week well, actually, today, technically, sorry, today is Tuesday. It came out last Tuesday. My apologies. I didn't get to play it until Sunday was the first day I got to play it. Uh, it's like 32 bucks. Go buy it. It, it. If you like classic games and 2D games and you want to play it, it's on, it's on Switch. It's on PS4. Although I'm hearing the Switch version is not great comparative it uh, graphically. Um, the game uses the Unreal Engine, which is really weird because that was probably really expensive when they could have just used Unity for like a fraction of the cost and got the exact same uh, got the exact same results but you know whatever uh really good bloodstained ritual of the night it's a must play go play it. it 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 could be my game of the year depending on how um death stranding turns out um but sekiro is still pretty high up there for me so i don't know if anything's gonna dethrone that but um but it's good if you if you like 2d games like castlevania types metroid types you gotta play it you gotta go get it go get it go get it today all right uh and so that's the podcast for today everybody thank you as always for hanging out listening sitting while i dig through uh <laughs> while i dig through old audio files trying to find the one i want to play um uh if you haven't if you have twitter and you want to follow me on twitter you can follow me at game trade greg if uh if you follow me on twitter and you want to follow us or excuse me if you want to give us a like on facebook that's the exciting news i didn't get to s- did i say it last week yeah i did we we, we broke five thousand. we broke five thousand subs and so we, it took us two years to get 5,000 subscribers. Um, so I'd love to get to 10,000 by next year. Uh, I think that'd be awesome uh, because then that I can see the incremental growth, you know. Um, but anyway, if you haven't subscribed to us on YouTube, it would make us very, very happy. YouTube.com slash drop rate. We also stream our uh, weekly podcast, The Dropcast, every Monday night, except for last night. We took a break because we didn't have people. We had people out of town um, every Monday night around 7 p.m. Central Time. That's on Twitch Live. That's at twitch.tv slash the drop rate. And of course, if you're listening to this on SoundCloud or somewhere else and you want to listen on iTunes, just search for Game Talk Radio. That is the uh, that is the name of my podcast. And I'm a collaborator with the drop rate guys. I bring my Game Talk Radio content to their YouTube channel. So, um, so check it out. Appreciate it as always. Thank you everybody for listening and watching. As always, everybody have a great day. We'll talk to you again next week. Have a good one. Bye-bye.